The Profile Song Break. Take a moment of reflection. That's our God. He is able, more than able, to make you what He wants you to be. Mm. Whatever He takes you through, it's to mold you and to bring you out to be the person He wants you to be. You're on Praise Junction at Hope FM. Listen and leave. 11 minutes past 12. My name is Grace Mutisnel, and I'm hanging out with the Vincents. They are pastors and just sharing with us their story of God's faithfulness. If you're joining us, uh, Pastor Patricia has been to theater eight times, you know, and the Lord has brought her back well and safe as she's here to testify of um, uh, God's goodness and healing in Jesus' name. This hour will 
be looking at your questions and comments. Keep them coming on 20933. That is 20933. You can also talk to us at Hope FM on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on our WhatsApp line 0717400555. Pastor De Vincent, can you hear us now? Yes, yes. Ah, Good, thank you. So we stopped at the point of God's victory that, you know, God answered a prayer, gave you a beautiful baby girl. So I'm sure by then you are thinking that's the end of the story. And then you're told, "Mm -mm, you need to go back to theater. What happened? That is now the fourth time? I'm now going the fourth time. Mm, Tell me, what happened? So I got my first baby in April. And by the time we reached November... I was again in theater. And this time around, uh, I had some discomforts uh, on my stomach again. And so I went to my guy, He, I did some tests, I did some scans, and he came to tell me, this one now, it's not a gynecological, but I'm going to refer you to another doctor who's going to do you some tests so that he can rule out what it is. But I'm suspecting it can be an issue with your appendix. Okay? Now this is the thing. I went with that with that other doctor. So he took me to Nairobi Hospital and we went there, I did some scans and he told me this thing, if we don't remove it, it's a bust. So I had to again remain there. I went to theater, they did, uh, this time they did laparoscopy and they removed my appendix. That was from, uh, I got happy in April up to November, that is around uh, five months, six. Yeah, my appendix was removed. And so I cried that day and then I told my husband, do you mean these operations have now come to a point where part of my bodies are being now removed? I need to live knowing that I don't have an appendix anymore. So the doctor had to take us in. He talked to us. People are living without that. At least we should thank God that at least I'm alive. Some people die just because of appendix because they never uh, realized early. And one thing that has really helped me, I think, to also escape death most of this time is anytime I feel unwell or anytime I feel that I'm not feeling well, I always run to the doctor and especially to the specialist so that they can experience, they can just do some tests early enough, get the diagnosis, and then here I'm running with the medication. And that is how God has used all these medics to just help me run with my life this far now the appendix is out uh i for that time i i gained a break of i think one year Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then after one year i conceived again Mm. this time around when i conceived i think i had passed through a lot until i had developed uh high blood pressure so i was hypertensive at that point, you were going through some issues, not only my body, but also, you know, when, 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 when you as a family, you're very young and you're going through issues that you are so uncertain, you, ever, you never even thought that you could go through them. I think at the back of your mind and your heart, you are still really asking God some questions. You're still also trying to be strong. You want to cry, but you're still trying yourself so that you can laugh and just be happy. And then hypertension creeped in. Mm. So I had high blood pressure. And now this is the second baby. My pressure was very bad. And it was 150, 130, 170, 120. Until I was started now on 
medication just to control the blood pressure. But when I was 34 weeks, it was 33 going to 34, my husband got an, an invitation to go and help a ministry in Eldoret. So he went. And me, I'm here. I took three days off because I was like, eh, now for the three days is away, I cannot go to work by myself. Who will drive me? I cannot drive myself. So I took sick off of three days. And in those three days, yeah, they were so dramatic. Now that the second day, I just decided, realized that the baby is not kicking anymore. The baby is not moving. And I told myself sometimes the way women will say, ah, labda amelala. Yeah. Watch an ingoje. So since maybe at oh, that was at around 11 a.m. in the morning. Now I'm talking at 10 p.m. at night. Pasi is not in, and I'm also only with Hefi and the house manager. And so at that time, I realized, hey, now let me sleep. By the time it's Africa morning and she's not awake, uh -uh, then I will seek uh, medical attention. So at that night, I slept. And then by 4 a.m., yani, something woke me up and I was in a pool of blood again. Oh, <laughs> no. I don't know what to do. I tried my, my husband's phone, but he didn't pick. I think because they were busy with that mission and crusade thing. So he didn't see my call. The next call was for my guy. My guy only to tell me that I'm out of town. Look for another way. Actually, I'm like, I don't know gynecologist. This is an emergency. I don't know if the baby is lost or not. So I called my friend who had just given birth like two weeks. Actually, I went to visit her the previous day. Nikam called Nikambia, hey, please send your husband. Tell him to come, take me to the hospital. I'm bleeding, yet I'm pregnant. He came within two minutes. Let me tell you, we reached the first hospital, the nearest one. My pressure was 190 over 130. They told me this one we cannot handle here. So they took me to an ambulance, straight to another bigger hospital. So I went to the second hospital and I called another guy that I once visited, just once, he who visit and then So he told me, which hospital are you in? First of all, I told him the first hospital. And he told me, if you are in that hospital, I'm not coming because they don't have facilities and all that thing. So I decided, okay, this other this other hospital decided to take me to a big a bigger hospital that is better with facilities. So I called him and he told me, okay, if it is that hospital, then I'm there in 15 minutes. 15 minutes, the dog was in. Pastor is still in Eldoret, but he has now gotten the message that I'm now critically it's either me or the baby at Apata alive. And so we went to the doctor with this guy, my the husband to my friend. So he was the one signing my papers. I couldn't do anything. So the doctor asked the nurses, where is the radiologist? And it's like the radiologist is not yet in. So they took me in and the doctor, the people, okay, put the machines on. I'm going to do the scan myself so that we can see. The scan showed me that the baby was sleeping in a pool of blood. Because of the pressure, the placenta had busted. And mm. so I was there. So the thing that was making the baby not, not to move was, the, the, the doctor said, it is only 15 minutes. If we don't do this operation in 15 minutes, we have lost the baby. Because mm. at least the pressure, we can control it. So they started controlling my pressure and took me to theater straight away. 
And thank God there was a vacant theater at that point. Amen. So we went in. Mm. Now I'm, I'm there, I'm just crying. So the doctor told him to do me the epidural, the one that is half. They tried two times, but I couldn't, I couldn't bend because of the pain. That, that injection, you must bend for them to get the spine. I couldn't bend. So when the doctor came in, it was like, you are still looking for the spine? Mfanya lale, we don't have time. Immediately, you know those questions they usually ask you, oh, what is that, this is this. <laughs> yes. They didn't ask me anything. Mm -mm. I was taken straight to sleep. The baby was taken out straight to the ICU. So I'm there. I don't know. I've not seen the baby. I was taken to the wards. I, it took me two days for another nurse, only for me to digest, because I don't have the baby. I don't know if she's dead. I don't know if she's alive. So when the, the nurse came the second day, I told him, hey, me, I cannot bear this anymore. Nobody is telling me anything about my baby. You guys are quiet. Wananiambia, my pressure is still bad, so they are still managing my pressure. But you need to tell me about the baby. Was it was, was it still bad? Was it alive? So the, the doctor told me, Aki, Patricia, you, 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 you got a baby girl. Oh. The girl is alive, but you cannot go to see her. Yeah. At that point... I felt like I can cry, yes, but fact that she's alive, I told the doctor, I need to need to see the proof. Go that I see you with a phone. Please take a photo and bring me and tell me this is my baby. Then I will believe. So the nurse told me we are not allowed to go to the ICU of these babies with the phone. That day I cried until the doctor came and allowed him. So he went with a phone. He took a, a, a photo of baby Tamara, and then she brought me the, he brought me the photo, it was a he nurse. Yeah. So when he brought the photo, she was on pipes all over. I really cried, and she was so small. She was weighing 1.9 kg. But fact that as she was alive, the doctor told me, at least yours is alive. Because even as I was speaking today, there is a, another parent who has come to, keep, to, to pick the corpse of the baby that was in the nursery. So allow us to work. You will not see the baby until the fourth day. Yeah. So I remain for four days the baby. So where, 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 is, where is the father of this baby, Pastor? <laughs> Pastor Vincent, you know, we left you. You are still in the crusade. Uko el Doret. So you are told, <laughs> you finally get to, to, to see your wife's missed calls and it's emergency. I can imagine how long that trip was to Eldoret. Talk to us. How was it until you arrived to the hospital where your <laughs> wife was? Yeah, I, I, um, at that point when I received the, of course, the doctor called me and um, the information was we, it's either we save the baby or we save the mother because the situation here is critical. And I was in the process of, uh, you know, it was a crusade helping a pastor a friend of mine and uh i had the peace that was the time i had the peace mm -hmm. that how it came so i remember i only replied the doctor you save both of them yes and uh don't worry you know i'm now encouraging doctor instead of <laughs> encouraging myself i told the doctor i mean I mean, me too, I'm in a critical... <laughs> <laughs> in a critical situation. situation. <laughs> yes. Yeah, because me too, I'm trying to save some situations around here. But uh, nevertheless, I know they'll be okay. Both of them, they'll uh, be alive. Mm. 
but I'm, I'm on my way uh, coming. I think uh, that evening, it was in the evening, I, 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 I drove all the way to Nairobi back and uh, I had the peace. You know, the Bible says that uh, and God shall, uh, God shall give you the peace that surpasses all understanding of man. And at that point, I, I I ignored everything. I just said, "God, let your peace." Yeah, yeah. And uh, they are well; they are okay. Mm -hmm. So I arrive at uh, at around 3 p.m. 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Sorry, 3 a.m. in the morning. And I straight I went to see uh, my wife. I saw her; she was she was still uh, not speaking. So I asked the doctor if I can go and see the baby. I went there. I was shocked anyway uh, because she was tiny, tiny. So I was like, "Oh my God!" Yeah. But uh, the peace, and I told God, "Thank you so much for this miracle and the victory that we Amen. just had." Amen. Though it was kind of, uh, uh, you know, it was scary. It was scary. Yeah, it was scary. Yeah. Mm. It's amazing how you, you know, amazing. you know, Pastor Vincent. It's amazing how you, even through this journey. You stuck by your wife. Unashikilia hapo. Ulimaliza critical look situation. <laughs> you came to solve this one. And, and we congratulate you for that. <laughs> for that. Let's go to, to, to Patri yeah. Patricia. You know, now, baby well, you, you had, the baby had to be Nico for 10 days, you said. Yeah, yeah. And how was the healing process? I had even to go there. Sorry? And so at the end of the day, I had, I had to go home and leave her in the hospital because of the bills. The bills were piling. That was a story of another day. But thank God we are now out and we are well. She's now three years old. By the grace of God, she couldn't uh, have died. God saw us through. Mm -hmm. And so here, after baby number two, hey, we stayed for around two years. And then I conceived again. Mm. This time, I, I had not really planned for it, but... God saw it. After con after conceiving, I didn't know. So one day I went to the hospital and they told me I'm pregnant. Now, this is now the sixth time. The pregnancy didn't last. So after three months, I was told uh, uh, I have a miscarriage again. But I went to another hospital. I didn't use my doctor again. Mm. So when I went there, it was diagnosed. Uh, he just told me it's a miscarriage. Kumbe, it was uh, an ectopic pregnancy. Ectopic where the baby dies at the fallopian tube before he, he or she comes to the uterus. And so I'm here, they take me to theater again. They use those machines to wash my stomach. They're washing my stomach and the fetus is not in the, in, in the uterus, you know? At the end of the day, I felt wasted at that time. So what were you washing? Because I was so bitter with the doctors until I was asking them, if you knew it was ectopic, why could you just do the scan so well so that I can just go once to theater? When I come out, I'm done. I had to go there, they wash the uterus, and then I'm out. Then, now, the miracle came in here. Yeah. After one full month, after the theater process, I walked one full month with the ectopic still intact. Oh. And you know, ectopic is very dangerous. The other day, a friend of mine lost uh, the house help. Why? Because the house help uh, had an ectopic and she didn't know. So she, she used to take painkillers because of the pain. And so for me, I walked for one full month without any pain 
and yet the ectopic pregnancy was still rotting in the tubes. Hey. So I went back. One Sunday, Pasi had moved out Kidogo after church. In the sitting room, Grace, me have seen God. If somebody will tell me there is no God, I, I think we can argue. I think, I, I don't know what I will tell you because we were sitting and then I felt like there is a sharp cramping just once, just sharp cramping. And then I told my house manager, hey, let me rush to the, to the toilet. I'm feeling weird. By the time I stand, only two steps, hey, blood like water fell until my, doc, my daughter asked me, hey, mom, when you pasuka tumbo? I'm like, oh, yeah. hey, God. So I had to call pastor to come again. Pastor, come, please. I have bled. It's like I'm now, I'm now having the miscarriage, yet I was one month in the hospital in theater thinking that now everything is okay. Now I rush to the same, same hospital. And I told them, how come I'm still bleeding? They sent me to their head office. I went there. This other doctor came at around uh, 4 a.m. in the morning and I was rushed to theater. When I went to theater, Grace, they did another scan and they found that the baby was still intact and the fallopian tube was already eaten. It was just a matter of it bursting, and then I go. <sighs> now my second organ being removed, my right tube was removed. Oh. I really cried. In the recovery room the second day, I told the doctor, I, I feel like I can sue you guys because of the misdiagnosis. And then another doctor who made me to relax with everything, she was wearing buibui, she was a Muslim. She came to me and she insisted I could hear on the corridors, I want this patient of bed number this. So she came to me and I'm like, Kwanini and Anitaka, and it's like, eh. So I, I, saw, I see someone on Buibui, she's a Muslim and she's so happy, she's smiling. And then she just told me one thing, how are you Patricia? At that time I was crying, if you ask me how am I and you guys messed me, she told me you are serving a good God. And the God that you're serving is faithful. This is a Muslim telling me. And I'm like, then why am I crying? And then she told me, whatever I saw that came out of you, nobody in my experience has ever survived that. Mm. I, I felt like, God, yani, your faithfulness, I've lost it, yes, according to me, but my life is still intact. Yeah. And this is somebody who does believe in Jesus that I serve. It is somebody that does not believe in the Jesus that we call on to. It is just somebody who believes in miungu that cannot work. Then she comes to tell me, your God, not her God. It is your God that is so faithful. If you are serving this God, keep serving. Yeah. I have served in Kenyatta Hospital. People don't survive this. I have been here. People don't survive this. We have seen people being buried. Mama, I... Again, God took me through that in his own way. Yeah. Thinking that now I'm done. Mm. I'm okay. Now the tube is, the baby is out. Now I'm okay. Only to find some discomfort again in the same, same side where the fallopian tube was removed. Now here. <sighs> Let me ask I now ran to my first. Let me ask you, Patricia, by this point, you, you've gone to this hospital, they have misdiagnosed, you know, they did the procedure. Now, this is operation number what? Going to theater number what? 
You know, have you have even lost the count? <laughs> seven. <laughs> I'm now on the seventh time. Okay, so you feel some discomfort. Again, I'm feeling some discomfort because, and then that one is within a very short time. So a friend of mine told me, Patricia, why did you not go to doctor so and so fast? Because I believe for him, he could do better. So when I went now to him this time to now rectify the problems and the issues, I went there and the first thing that he told me, where did you go? And I mentioned the hospital and he told me, I don't believe that scan. Can I send you for another scan? So I went, but the variation was only zero point, I think two. And so he said, okay, the scan was okay, but how come they didn't see this? So I'm like, doc, even if you ask me that question, I don't know. And I don't know why God had to allow me to go through all that. And so he takes me in again and he's like, now Patricia, I want to book you. We are going to book to another hospital and we are going to check so that we can see what happened. So he took me to this hospital. I was admitted only to find that now when the tubes, uh, when the baby was rotting, because, you know, this thing is dead. So it's starting to rot in my tube. My tube is swollen. It can't be removed by laparoscopy. Laparoscopy is where you can just use a tube to remove uh, any small organ. You don't need to cut me up. So I had to be cut to remove the tube. Now, when they were cutting to remove the tube, this doctor could not even just think of thinking uh, to see if the ovaries are still okay or they are damaged because they are in the same system. Well, this thing was rotting towards the ovaries. So that is why I was feeling that sharp pain again. When I rushed to the doctor, he went and at that time, he was not going just to remove, but he wanted to see what is wrong. So they took me to those lights so that they can see inside this part, the right part of my uh, reproductive system, yeah. only to see that the ovaries are not, the ovary is not functioning. And he has not told me, so he removed without my consent. So he waited until I recovered the third day. That is when he called me on phone and he told me, Patricia, you need to wait for me. I will need to speak to you before we discharge you. Oh my God, Grace. I was like, how? No, how? I thought sometimes doctors were Kimaliza, you deal with the nurses until you are. But he had to come to me to break the news himself. So I'm here telling the husband, my husband, please come. The doctor has said he wants to see me at 11. Please be in the hospital. I just want you to be there so that people were scared. Mm. But he was caught in the jam. The doctor came before him and he's like, I just started crying before even he talked to me. And I'm like, now, Patricia, I found that your ovary was, you know, and so we had to remove it because if it could maybe be cancerous or just something could have happened that it could have costed your life. Now my ovary is gone. This is organ number <laughs> what? <laughs> oh my goodness. Number three, organ number three. So I lost my appendix. I lost my fallopian tube. Now I don't have the ovary. And it's like, oh, Patricia, you can still conceive. You can... But you know, your worry is, what if you conceive and then it is again still or ectopic? Mm. Then you lose everything. So it was not an easy journey at all. Right now, look behind. I don't know. I don't know how God uses wisdom to strengthen his own. 
And we can never tell how he's holding us, the way he tells us in the book of Isaiah that I will hold you by my righteous right hand. We sometimes don't understand that he's holding us until you go through fire. That is when you realize that even inside the fire, he is the fourth man that appears just to keep you alive and to make sure that you're still breathing yeah. in the name of Jesus. As I always tell people, I've seen people miscarrying and they die. I've seen people with appendicitis and they die. I've seen people with fibroids and they die. People with ectopic and they die. I've seen people with all these things that I've gone through and they never saw out of theater. Mine, every situation was so critical according to me, but in every situation, God has seen me through. And I remember one day there is a reverend who, called, who he DM'd me actually. And he told me, Patricia, do you know you have uh, this anointing of healing. And that is when God told me, it, I had to take you through that for people to understand that I am still the miracle working God Amen. who can take you out of fear. Because mm. sometimes you feel the goosebumps. Mm. And one day when I was seated on the beach, when we wanted to pray with Pasi, I remember that day I was still in pain. I could go to, uh, for short call at night, even seven times. I go for seven times nonstop. And that is at night. Yeah. So it means when you, when you sleep at 10, you have seven rounds to go to the toilet before you wake up at five. You can imagine, no sleep at all. And so that day when I was seated on the couch when we wanted to pray, I heard the small voice in me telling me, Patricia, today I don't want, to, I don't want you to pray for healing. I am the healing. I want you to mm. pray for my presence mm. because it is my presence mm. that brings the healing. And that is why the Bible says in the book of uh the Bible says that in the book of Acts, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good. That is what came into my mind. Yeah. He went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil. That was an oppression. Mm. of the devil and for god was with jesus so i say to myself i need this presence so that when he comes to me i don't need to ask him he will bring me the good and deliver me and heal me from the oppression of the enemy Amen. that night grace for one i slept from 11 until 5 30. i didn't wake up in the morning in at night i mean yeah the same same time I had that pain in my in my stomach. I think my husband can explain, can understand what I was going through at that time. It vanished. It went completely. Mm. Mm. Right now, as we are speaking, well, I'm okay. I sleep like a baby. I don't feel like I've lost any part of my body. I just feel that I'm in the will of God and what He did to me is better than what I thought I lost. Yeah. And so it covers up mm. me joy and peace. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. Amen. Oh, we honor the Lord. Indeed, he's a healer. Before we get to a short break here, allow me to bring back Pastor Vincent. You know, your wife has been talking and I'm just saying, oh my God, what was going through this man of God's mind? You know, you pray for people, God heals them. You know, you speak into their life, God changes. But in your household, you have your beautiful yeah. wife who has to go through, you know, this tough season. Oh. For you, when you are praying, Pastor Vincent, what what were you telling the Lord, and what did God teach you in that season? I think um, 
I'll still go back to the moment of, uh, you know, a process. You know, when God wants to reveal himself, he must take you a process. And uh, I must say that, uh, you know, people may, might think that pastors, they don't go through what they go through out there, but uh, I have to prove them wrong. Uh, pastors, they go through a lot in life. If there are people who wants to, you know, encouraged, you know, to be visited, to be uh, prayed for, our pastors, you know, uh, we pray for people, yes, we encourage them, we visit them, but it has to be tit for tat, you know, uh, and uh, through all those period, uh, we, we learn a lot, you know, you are just alone, you and your family, uh, we, we, no one is coming to be concerned, you are there, yet your pastors, you, and uh, I think God was trying to teach us uh, some few uh, lessons here and there. I came to learn about a process to the point of, you know, I had to talk to God and tell God, no, now God, are, are we really your servants? Because what we are going through, mm. uh, for sure, this yeah. is too much. You know, being in hospital, mm. you are there telling people not to be in hospital, but mm. you are always in and out of hospital. <laughs> so it was kind of uh, challenging and even confusing. Mm. Uh, at the, there is a time I even felt like giving up. Uh, the story is not only part of uh, uh, health issues, but it was phenomenal because combining health issues, resources, ministry mm -hmm. issues, mm -hmm. all those things, they are piling up in uh, and summing up to one family. So it was kind of difficult. You are here trying to handle your wife's situation. But at the end, there is a ministry situation. There is financial situation in the house. So it was quite difficult. And all those number of uh, operations requires resources to be settled. They find their any bills. And uh, there are situations whereby we were caught in hospital. We could not even pay, yeah. you know, uh, pay mm -hmm. some bills. You just pray that God to come and uh, sort you out. Because the bills were piled up. To the point there's a time my, my wife was, uh, uh, you know, attempted to go into even the platform of media to borrow money and i told her no we are serving a living god and this god that we are serving will not ashamed us yeah when i was coming back home that uh, that seventh uh, operation when i was coming back home i think i prayed a, a prayer that I, I know even god was shocked how mm. comes this man is praying <laughs> <laughs> what did you tell god me. <laughs> i told god if you are, by tomorrow god by 10 a.m I want my wife out of the hospital. Amen. You should not be out of the, you know, you're there in God. You should not be out of the hospital. I'm going to backslide. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> kind of I uttered before God. And believe me, it was around uh, 9, 9.30. Mm. We got a phone call from a stranger. One man. One man called mm. me, you know. Please, uh, uh, where are you? And it's like we are at this point, you know. I wanted to drive all the way to this place that I am and uh, come, you know, without knowing what we are going to do. So I went. My wife told me just go. We went. This man gave me an envelope, mm. Amen. a brown envelope. Yes. I, I did not even <laughs> take my time to look what it was inside the envelope. <laughs> when we came back, 
you know, in the hospital, at the hospital bed, uh, I told my wife, can we let's check what is in the envelope? It, you know, it was all, <laughs> it, it it catered for all the bills. Oh. So by 10, by wow. 10 a.m. o'clock, I can, you know, I can say this again and again. We are serving a living God. Yeah. We were out of that hospital. And uh, I would want to encourage people out there. The insurance that you can get, uh, the best insurance that you can get is the insurance of serving God. Amen. Because when you serve God, mm. there is God always go ahead of you, no matter what you're going through. And I'll say all these miracles and victory came because we were serving God faithfully. Yes. Mm. Faithfully. Because faithfully. Even the ministry we are coming today, it is just God. God. It is mm. just God. Mm. Wow. And how has this strengthened your marriage, mm. Pastor Vincent? You know, it's always easy. Let's just be real. It's always easy when <laughs> maybe the husband is unwell because naturally women, we are caregivers. You know, we'll ensure husband is fine. But for you, it was the other way. It was you expected to, you know, to offer help. So how has this strengthened your marriage? I think we're in a marriage setup, when you go through hardship, you go at a lot of strength because it's never swift, of course. Uh, uh, of course, when you're two partners and uh, you know at the point where one partner is going through uh, a lot of, especially those operations, and uh, sometimes my wife will even cry most of the time. Mm. Why me? Why is it that I'm going all this? You have to be there to strengthen her and tell her it's not your fault. You know, it's by the grace of God. Thank God that you're alive today. Thank God that at least we have two daughters. Thank God that we have spiritual and, uh, you know, daughters and sons in the ministry. We are parents. We are taking care of, you know. And uh, it has even made us to realize that we have another calling, which is a marriage, a counseling. Mm. You know, you can be able to talk to a spouse that are going through hardship. Could it be financial? Could it be health? You need to stick there. You know, um, it, it is uh, quite a lot, you know, to the point of, you know, you, you have to take care of her, taking her in the, you know, bathroom, wash her. Yeah. She has to go, you know, all those things. <laughs> it is a process. Mm. And uh, we've, it has really strengthened our marriage. Mm. It has really strengthened our marriage such that uh, a people... Will even will even inspire so many people out there mm. what we are we we are doing. and it has really made our marriage to be strong. Okay. It has made us to stick to one another. Amen. I always tell her that when you are sick, it is only me who will be there. Mm. When I'm sick, it is only you who will be there mm. because you'll expect relatives you'll never see. Them. Mm. You'll expect friends you love. Mm. So it is just me and you. Yeah. So let we. <laughs> Pastor Vincent, I hear you. Okay, let's have a quick break. Then we'll come back and tackle a few questions and then we'll get to a time of prayer. 20933 is our SMS line at Top FM Live on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and on 0717 is our WhatsApp line. Mm, what a mighty God we serve. May healing be your portion in Jesus' name. The Profile Song Break. Take a moment of reflection. Healing rain is coming down, is coming nearer to this old town. 
Amen and amen. Indeed, healing rain is falling down and you're not afraid because the Lord knows and he knows you he, you need that healing. The same God who's done it for our guest today, Pastor Patricia Vincent, he's still alive. He's still able to do it and he wants to do it for you. He wants to do it for you. Yeah. He wants to do it for you. And I just want in the remaining two or three minutes to give Pastor Vincent and Patricia, they'll decide who will be praying for us. Uh, for the many listeners who are trusting God for healing, you know that the Lord will come through for them as they decide. Let me sample a few of what you're saying. Um, uh, somebody saying, uh, what a story for sure. We serve a mighty God, the great I am, Yahweh. I'm not able to hold my tears on how God has been faithful in healing our guests. That's Mary from Mombasa. Thank you, Mary. Thank you, uh, Victoria from Tabasamu Shop. You're saying you're touched by the testimony. Um, uh, Mrs. Bosiri, you're saying that's a powerful testimony of God's doing in the life of our guests in Jesus' name. And many of you, because of time, I want to invite our guests. Just I, I don't know who will pray for a minute. We have a minute to go. For we have people listening to us who've gone through loss. We have uh, lost of a, a pregnancy, you know, or a loved one. And we have people yeah. who are just trusting God for healing of one form or the other. In a minute or so, would you just surrender them to the Lord in a word of prayer? Karibu. Oh, yes. Amen. We're just going to pray. And I just pray that as we pray, uh, let us believe that he can and the Lord is faithful that he's going to do it. Our dear Heavenly Father, we want to thank you this afternoon. We thank you because you are the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We can still trust in you even today in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We always say that, Lord, you are the God of the mountain, the God of the valley. You are the God at all times in the name of Jesus Christ. There is nothing that is too difficult for you to do. And I pray that Jehovah God, you who is exalted above our situation, you who is exalted above our circumstances, you who is exalted above all that we are going through tonight, in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray the Lord you may come through for your people in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says the Lord we overcome by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the Lamb. And as we have come today to testify the, uh, the anointing of overcoming upon our lives, we pray that Jehovah God, you are going to touch that sister, you're going to touch that mother, you're going to touch that father. Anyone that Jehovah God right now is under the sound of our voice in the mighty name of Jesus. We release the spirit of healing upon them. We release the hand of God upon their lives in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You who fought for us, even things and ways that Lord, we could not even ask for. You who said in your word, the Lord, you will grant unto us more than what you can ask or think according to the power that is at work in us tonight. I pray that Jehovah God this afternoon, you will remember them in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. You tell us in your word, the Lord, even before we ask, you have already answered. I pray that Jehovah God, those moments are going to be real in our lives. That Those moments are going to be real in our marriages, in our families, in our bodies, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ that you will surrender, Lord, to you, King of all glory, you who is more than able, even this afternoon in the name of Jesus. May you make somebody to testify this afternoon for the glory and honor of your name. May you make somebody to have a new song in Jesus' name. That torment is coming to an end in the mighty name of Jesus. Wherever you went, you did good, and you healed everybody that was oppressed of the devil. And right now, we just declare every oppression of the devil is coming to an end 
in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. By the stripes of Jesus today, we release the anointing of the healing of the power of God in the mighty name of Jesus, even to your sons and daughters for the glory and honor of your name. We love you, Jesus, and we give you praise because you are worthy. In Jesus' name we do pray, believe, and even we trust. Amen, amen and amen. Mm. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Patricia and Pastor Vincent. Oh, what a testimony. You know, people are asking for part two. You need to come back for part two, <laughs> where we'll touch on the other aspects of your story. God giving us the opportunity for sure we'll have you back uh, so that you can conclude on your story. And may we thank the Lord for the healing he's doing in your life and also your ministry. May the Lord bless you. How can people get in touch with you kindly in a minute? Because I need to go. For those who'd love to get in touch with you. Oh, well, you can get us through, especially social media. Uh, we are at Mana Christian Fellowship Katani. Mana Christian Fellowship Katani. And then you can also get uh, Pastor Vincent. It's just Pastor Vincent. And then um, Pastor, uh, Patricia S. Vincent. Patricia S. Vincent. And I believe through that the Lord is going to help us even to blossom in his vineyard in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Vincent. We appreciate you and Pastor Patricia. May the Lord bless you so much. Amen. 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 Indeed, we serve a God who heals, restores, and makes whole. What can we say? What can we render to Jehovah? We give him praise. And may the same healing portion, you know, that God gave Pastor Patricia be your portion in Jesus' name and thank you for listening. Last to wrap it here. See you tomorrow. God willing. This is Profile. Real people, real stories, real God, real change.